it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between our emotional, physical, intellectual, and spiritual facets. Um, I think everyone knows that we're complex as far as being humans, but I don't think a lot of people understand the real uh, complexity of who we are and how it's important to balance those four areas in our life. And that's one of the things we do try to do on this show. And I have with me uh, one of my um, favorite guest, Victoria mm-hmm. Hawkins, is here to, again today, and we're going to be talking about some really cool things that happened on a recent trip with her and her friend uh, who walk the Appalachian Trail uh, once a year on your birthday mm-hmm. or close to your birthday. But uh, one of the things that I do want to mention is um, her shows, along with about 150 other shows, can be found at uh, my website, which is www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com. And if you go there and look at show notes, you're going to be taken to, I believe there's uh, 13 or 14 pages at this point of shows for the last three and a half years. And Victoria has been a guest, I'm going to say maybe six times Sounds about right. yeah, yeah. during that period of time. So um, also at that website, there is a link to Boomers Forever Young. This is a world-class company that um, creates, manufactures, um, I would say world health, uh, world-class health products. And I certainly have used them uh, for the last four years. I think it's made a tremendous difference in my life. And you can read the testimonies there. You can uh, listen to a number of videos that they have. It has a very interactive website, educational uh, direction for you, and you can explore it and maybe decide whether you want to try any of their products. If you do decide, uh, if you use my name, L-U-C-Y, and the discount code, and you'll see that when you check out, then you'll get $5 off of each and every order that you place and so every little bit helps but uh, go ahead and check them out they are one of the sponsors of the show and I think their products are truly phenomenal so now I'm going to bring in Victoria and give you a little bit of her background Uh, she is a a licensed uh, social worker doesn't practice that so much anymore not as much yeah (laughs) and uh, she's an artist she's an author she uh, does yoga and she's a dance instructor mom and refers to herself as a suburban shaman and she has created a whole self approach to working with both her students and clients and she has them in all ages you know definitely so the young all the way up to um the mature let's say yes we we won't we won't (laughs) say that they're older uh students they're just more mature uh you incorporate art creative movement wisdom teachings creative writing and mindfulness meditation when you're working with um, your uh, clients, which is really, really cool because it makes it personal, I think. Um, One of the things that I mentioned that you do do is this Appalachian Trail Walk. And how many years have you done it now? So this was nine this past time. (laughs) And how many miles total? 
I think, you know, I was trying to figure it out the other day. I think it was somewhere around 300 total or maybe a little bit more than that total okay. so far. And now there's a lot of miles left. I, it's like 2,000 and something. Uh, it? Yes, it's a little over 2,000 miles. Okay. It's depending on which way you look at it. For us down in Florida, I think of it as starting in Georgia, uh-huh. in the mountains of Georgia. And then it goes all the way up to Maine. So definitely Maine you do not want to do in the spring of the year. I would think in Maine you're going to target uh, August, maybe yes. even September, but yeah. late, late August would probably be good because it's it still It gets being, a lot cooler yeah, um, up in those upper, yeah. upper sections, the most northern sections yeah. for us. Yes. So on this particular walk, um, we talked about this a little bit before the show actually started recording, that this one is going to be targeted about messages that are coming from your guides. And I don't know whether it was last year or the year before, but on one of them, you had mice you yes. know, that kind of showed you the way. And I think it was last year because you got off the trail and then weren't sure how to get back on it. It was actually a couple of years ago, oh, was it? Okay, but we definitely talked about it on the show. And we talked about it in relationship to... The fact that we're always connected to our guides, no right. matter where we are. Right, right. And so, yes, it was, um, it, it's interesting because I know some of you that have listened to me on the show before, you know that I have this yoga background for many years. And mm-hmm. Lucy and I have talked about this a lot. And back in 1998, 99 was when I discovered yoga. So I've really been studying the practices of that for many years. Uh-huh. And I've gotten very interested in over the years some of the gods and goddesses of the Hindu faith. Right. Because they are connected with the yogic practice as yoga comes out of India. Uh-huh. And India is mostly Hindu. So Ganesh is one of my favorite gods. And Ganesh, the idea of Ganesh is. He is the remover of our seeming obstacles to our peace and joy. Mm-hmm. And he's the god that has the big elephant head. Right. Okay. Do you want to explain that? Because I know the story. Yes. But yeah. okay. okay. So Ganesh, I, I, I almost always, I, maybe I can say always, I wear a Ganesh when I'm hiking. I have a Ganesh that I wear a lot. Anyways, just in regular life, but I wear a little, you know, Ganesh charm. Is it made out of jade? This one is, um, you know, I don't know what that one is made out of. The one I wear all the time is like a beautiful um, bronze one. It's gorgeous. Like a, you know, handiwork is really beautiful. The other one that I have is on the end of a mala bead that I created. Oh, okay. And I wear the mala beads. And um, it might be a jade, actually. So Ganesh is sort of a theme spirit guide for me. Mm -hmm. And the story with Ganesh is um, he's actually an educator as well. Like in southern India, they talk about him as he came into human form to educate this young boy who had no um, ability to receive schooling. And so Ganesh came to be his teacher. So he's very much seen as a benevolent, happy well, as you can imagine, he's removing obstacles to peace and joy. So right, right. he's happy and benevolent and um, helps us to remove our obstacles. Mm-hmm. Well, on the trip a few years back, we, like you had said, we got off the trail. And this was with a different hiking partner than the one that I go with regularly now. And we, 
walked a good bit, not terribly long, but we got a pretty good distance away from where we should be. And we started realizing that things were looking a little off, Sketchy. you know? <laughs> yep. And it, this particular section of the trail was in North Carolina. And the uh, section we were on was not very well maintained. Some people may not know that the Appalachian Trail is completely volunteer maintained. I did not know that. So, and you've got over 2,000 miles of trail. So certain areas maybe have more people that maintain it than others. And some areas are harder to get to than others, you know, uh, for like a day hike or whatever. Mm -hmm. So this section was not as well maintained. It was very grown over. So it was harder to see the trail. So when we got off, we had basically missed a sign, which is kind of interesting. We couldn't see the sign from the direction we were going. Later, when we came back the other way, we were like, oh, my goodness, there it is, right? And as we're walking along, now, another back note, Ganesh, when you see his paintings and things of him, he often has a little mouse as part of his pictorial presentation. Okay. So... And Ganesh also is seen with umbrellas a lot of times. It's interesting. Or a parasol or an umbrella. I saw this when I was in India in Varanasi, which is one of their most, um, it's their oldest city. And it's right on the banks of the Ganges River. And the priests set up at night and there's all these umbrellas, partially for the sun, I think is really, so I would call them even parasols is what we would maybe call them, um, to shield them from the sun. And I guess the rain, if the rain comes. So umbrellas and mice, you'll see in these pictures of Ganesh. Well, Janine, who was my partner back then, and I are walking along, and we both said to each other, we don't, we're starting to feel like this is not quite right. Mm -hmm. So... We said, well, we're going to go up just a little bit further and see if there's anything else. And then if not, we're going to turn around. So we go to go up just a little bit further and we see a log that's down. And we, I looked over the log and there is this little mouse. I mean, it's a real mouse, not, a, not in my mind. Right. A little mouse. He is under a leaf. And the way the leaf was looked like an umbrella. Oh, my goodness. So it looked like a mouse holding an umbrella. Okay, so Ganesh was immediately there. Ganesh was immediately there. And one of the things that I was kind of thinking about as I'm telling you this story is I do set intention for my trips. You know, I set intention really for every day of my life. That's part of my daily practices. Mm -hmm. So when I'm doing something different or unique, though, you know, I set an intention for the trip. And Ganesh was really part of who I was kind of calling in for myself mm -hmm. at that, for that trip, which would make sense. You're going to walk on a trail for three, four days. Right. You'd like right. the obstacles to be removed. Right. And joy and happiness. And joy and happiness to be part of it. Right. Yeah. So when we saw that, and both she and I were very, are, are very into yoga, uh, we both knew. We were like, oh, my goodness, this is, this is a message. This is a sign. We knew not to keep pressing forward because we could get lost. Mm -hmm. And we turned around. And when we turned around, once we got back to the part where we lost our way, there was literally a sign. Mm -hmm. But we could not see it from the other direction. Isn't that interesting? So there's no way we would have seen it. It's just the way it was placed. Right. And we were able to get back on the trail. And then it was completely clear and obvious. Right. 
So, you know, there's a lot of symbolism with that, too, is sometimes you need to look from a different angle and, you know, you have clarity again. So that particular trip, you know, that was a big, um, it was a big kind of turning point for me to really see that we are always being led by our guides Mm -hmm. when we do a couple things. One is setting that intention. Like I'm, I am envisioning, I'm intending that this be a trip that's filled with ease and joy and nature, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, also that we stay open to see the signs. And I guess the third thing to me is trusting our own intuition that we're hearing those signs appropriately. Right. So, I mean, you really do have to get into your heart to go there as opposed to staying intellectually in your head. That's a really good point. And it's funny because I, you guys can't see us out there, but I just touched my heart when I said intuition, you know, put my hand to my heart because that is something that I do often, you know, and I think we often do. Mm -hmm. We put our hand on our heart and ask what's, you know, give me a sign or give me a message or what is my heart telling me? It's one of the ways that I feel like we get our our messages. Mm-hmm. So fast forward now, this trip, um, I have been setting an intention really for this calendar year to connect with the energy of Lakshmi, who is another one of the deities out of the Hindu spirituality. And she is a goddess. You'll see her s- sitting on a lotus as many of them are but she has like gold coins with her she has gold bracelets she's definitely the energy of prosperity but even deeper than that is like a life of fulfillment right and so that's some of the things I've been intending for myself I mean we've talked about it's been a challenging year and a half at this point for a lot of people for all of us so how for me one of my intentions this year was to move forward in 2021 with more ease, more fulfillment, and more listening to my heart because mm-hmm. I feel like that's where our prosperity comes from. So I've been thinking a lot about her. I, um, many of you all know too, I have a uh, belly dance and yoga studio now that I started right before pandemic. pandemic. Right, right. So that has been an interesting, challenging, but also rewarding experience Mm -hmm. and so at the studio which is where I spend a lot of my time even if it's seeing clients or having students I started getting this one little spider that hangs out (laughs) so this happened this was happening probably by March okay then the trip was in May that this last one late May almost June so in March I started getting this little spider that hangs out at the door well Spiders have a connection, especially with Hindus, that at least ones that have told me, um, to Lakshmi, that it's like a patron uh, animal this, for her. Would, would this be any spider or a certain Just kind? spiders in spiders general in from general. what I know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at it deeper to know if there's any particular kind, but just spiders in general. Okay. So it's like if you see a spider... In, in my world, the symbolism of that is that Lakshmi is blessing you. Okay. Oh, and, oh my goodness, now I'm thinking of all sorts of things that have gone with this. I also had just, um, before the spider came to the studio, <laughs> I had gone to one of my favorite stores, and I know you know it too, which is Serenity Now, mm-hmm. here in the area, 
And I said, I need a Lakshmi. <laughs> I needed Lakshmi and Ganesh for the studio. Uh-huh. And they partner well together, okay? So they had a couple of different items, and um, I ended up with this beautiful kind of a, almost a postcard of Ganesh, and then a beautiful disc, gold disc, with a picture of Lakshmi on it. And so they, I put them at the door just to bless the space, and bring that energy of like no obstacles and and the spider shows up and then the spider shows up okay (laughs) so I go on a couple months and whenever I see the spider I just smile and you know say thank you and it reminds me to to place those blessings over the studio too Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so as we go on this particular trip and I know some people are traveling now travel has become a lot more challenging Mm -hmm since all of the changes have happened with the pandemic times. And so I, I kind of invoked the idea of Ganesh and Lakshmi this year. So I, I said, and you and I talked about our trip last year. Last year was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard in every sense of the word, physically, emotionally, um, just hitting up against different challenges of not having what we needed well, not only that, but I mean the road. If you think of the path of life, your path yes. was strewn with boulders. Literally. <laughs> Literally. We so. walked on, my uh, good friend Amanda and I last year walked on miles of what looked like a giant just broke up a mountain and then threw it down the hill and said, okay, there's your trail. <laughs> And it was very hard. It was very hot last year. There was a lot of things that we were, we usually come off the trail feeling like, wow, that was so refreshing. This year we came off saying, well, we got that done or, you know, last Last year. year, Right. And we were like, great to get that section done, but Mm -hmm. it was hard. Mm -hmm. And so we really made some intentions as well as a team before we even set out this year to choose a path not overwhelm ourselves with a number with how many miles we were going to do really we were like let's do something that feels more fun this year Uh let's let's just try to approach this with more ease which as you can tell is part of this new intention that i set for myself too right and you bring that energy into everything you do like if you're choosing it in one area i feel it goes everywhere well, energy does. It does, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the frequencies flow just like a river does. Right. And um, the only thing that uh, I guess bears examining, for lack of a mm-hmm. better word, is you had some rain this year. We and did. And you had chilly weather. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, have you given some thought as to what that was about? You know, because you ask for ease and you ask right. for... A road that was joy and happiness. Right. Well, interestingly enough, okay, so the rain made everything extremely lush. Mm -hmm. It was probably the prettiest I've seen. And you said the wildflowers were everywhere. There were, I wanted to take pictures like every five seconds, but we would have been there forever and my battery would have run out. (laughs) (laughs) True. So we try to keep our phones off or on airplane mode, but just in case we need them for any sort of emergency. There were wildflowers everywhere of all different kinds. Mm. There was just beautiful greenery. We did have rocks, but it was like they were easy to navigate for the most part. 
um, actually the whole time. Even some fun, like, uh, mini bouldering where you kind of climbed up a little rock and walked over it and then down the other side. Uh-huh. And it was, instead of it being hard, 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 it just felt like those added, like, the fun level of a challenge. Right, right. Because you know how something can be a fun level and then it can be like, whoa, that's no longer any fun. Right, yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> so it just added that little kind of spice to it. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the things I noticed with this year was even though we were, we did have a lot more rain than normal, you get rain sometimes, but we had it pretty much the whole time we were out there, off and on the whole time we were out there. One day was just constant. We ne- we had the resources we needed uh-huh. and we listened, both of us, to our intuitions rather than pushing forward and ending up in a bad situation. Right. So one of the things that we, because we had made this intention to just go with more ease and not be as concerned about how many miles we covered, we always make a plan and we had our plan and different shelter areas that we could connect with. Well, we got to the to our stopping point the first day, even though it was pouring rain the whole day. And we thought we were taking it slow, but we must have been moving faster than we thought. We got to our shelter at like 1.30 or 2, which is very early for us. I mean, normally we like to hike until like maybe 5, ideally, but even up to 7 o'clock if we need to. After that, it gets dark, so you Mm -hmm. don't really want to be hiking still. Mm -hmm. At least we don't. Maybe some people do, but not us. So we made a decision at that point. The rain had broken, but we thought it was probably going to start again. Mm -hmm. And we looked at each other and we're like you know, this is actually a really nice shelter area. And that's where the Lakshmi piece comes in again for me. Right. And you were I, listening with your we heart. We were listening with our heart, both yeah. of us. And, you right. know, we, we, we're a great team together. So we always talk about these things. We don't make a decision and then force the other one to go So or stay. So we were talking about things. And like I was saying, Lakshmi was part of my intention of this year we had the nicest shelters. And if you've never been on the Appalachian Trail, a shelter might sound glamorous. They're not, typically. <laughs> they are literally like a wooden lean-to mm-hmm. um, in better or worse shape, depending on how old they are. I want to know how many spiders were in the uh, shelter. Well, <laughs> I actually saw no spiders in the shelter, which we decided to stay in. Normally, we sleep in our hammocks, but with all right. the rain, we decided right. not to because it would have we would have been sopping oh, wet, you would have been. even with rain flies. Yeah. However, this was the coolest thing. This never happens either. There was a beautiful, there's usually a picnic table. This one had like a beautiful picnic table with these metal pieces on it where you can do your, put your cook pots. Oh, okay. And, and it, they're protected, you know. Mm-hmm. They're not going to hurt the picnic table. The picnic table was covered. Oh, wow. Which never happens. So you didn't have to be out there in the rain. Correct. So we could have our meal, make our meal. There were other people there that also decided to stop early. So we had, like, all of these fun people to connect with. And in the center of this picnic table was a flower, a rose, Okay. Not a real one, yeah, a, right. a fake one that had been there for a long time. Okay. That was in this kind of wooden vase that someone had created who knows how long ago. And I took a picture of this because it was covered in a beautiful spider web. 
Oh my goodness. Could you see where the spider was itself? I, I didn't. I saw this gorgeous spider web. I didn't actually see the spider on that one. Prior to this, though, we had, um, like I was saying, we had a lot of travel to get to where we wanted to go. I think I, I didn't mention, but we were doing the most southern portion of Pennsylvania this year. So we live in Florida, <laughs> and that's a long way. So we flew. Then we took a train. Then we stayed overnight in this cute little town. Then we Ubered to the trail the next morning. Okay. So along the way, I ended up with these little spider references, like the place we stayed. And it was fun because they weren't scary spiders, if anyone's scared of spiders. I don't know. I'm not usually. But these were just little common, you Mm -hmm. know, household. Mm -hmm. But it was, again, a reminder to me, like, oh, there's my little Lakshmi, you know, reminding me that this is going to be a good trip. Right. Even if some place didn't have what we needed, like we needed, we need a certain um, fuel to cook with, but you can't fly with fuel because it's flammable. And the place that we were staying didn't have it like we thought. However, we went to this little general store. The guy was about to close. He stayed open for us. He found a little bottle for us and let us pour our fuel in. So it was like even when something looked like it was going to be an obstacle, it, it wasn't. wasn't. Right. And the same thing with the um, with the shelter. We're like, okay, well, we could definitely go further. It's only, let's say it was 2, I think. It's only 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We still have hours. We could make it to the next place. We'll come to find out if we had pushed on further, the next shelter was not great okay. you know it didn't have good water source didn't have a covered it didn't table. cover have a picnic <laughs> covered picnic table like it would have been fine I'm uh-huh. sure and we would have but we may not have wanted to sleep in that shelter right the one that we ended up with was up off the ground it was clean it was neat we felt safe there were other people that we felt safe with so since I've never really I've walked a few I don't know, maybe a quarter mile sure, on the Appalachian sure. Trail. And that was in Georgia uh, last year, last summer. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and that was very, 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 very steep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I was, um, I, I didn't go that far, you know, into it because I was like, wow, this is a challenge and a half. Yes. But what I'm thinking is that when you talk about a shelter, is it a shelter that's just for two people, or can you put like 20 people in there? Oh, that's a great question. So it really varies. I, I doubt you could get 20 in any of them, but some have multi-levels mm-hmm. or two levels. Like they'll have a, a bunk, so to speak, like a, a loft, that's what I want to call it, where there's a very simple ladder and you get up in the loft. Okay. We have stayed in one of those before, again, on a really rainy night. Um, a lot of them are just a, think of a wooden box. With a top on it. With a top on and it. And one side open. And one side open. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's the way most of them are. Mm-hmm. Some are closer down to the ground, which means you get more wildlife possibly with yeah. them. I would think a raccoon might just say, uh-huh. oh, I think this looks like fun. Uh, <laughs> sure. And mice and, you know, various assorted things of that nature. I wouldn't want a snake to join me. No, you know, it's funny. I hardly ever, uh, we did see a snake, but it was like a, like a garden snake or whatever. Mm. But um, 
We don't say we, I should say, I haven't seen too many snakes, but who knows? Because one year that may be my guide and I may see him more. I don't know. That's true. Um, and there? This one was a neat place though because there were two shelters. Uh-huh. And like I said, they were really nicely maintained. Then you had that covered picnic area. Right. So. Not everybody sleeps at shelters, by the way. Um, some people just do campsites along the way. Oh, okay. One of the reasons why I like them is because they also have usually a place to put your uh, food bag up away from potential bear okay. activity. Okay. So they either have like a, a pulley system with a line or these poles are really popular. So I have another question, mm-hmm. you know, with water. Because, I mean, that's heavy. Oh, yes. So do each of the shelter areas have a way to refill your water? Okay, so it's it's rustic and it's primitive. Uh-huh. But most of the shelters have a water source that they have located for you nearby. And there's a little path to it. But, for example, this one had a nice creek. That isn't all that common Uh sometimes they've created sort of like a spigot where the water's coming out and the water's typically cold but it's not um it's not drinkable so you have to use you have to yeah we use a filter system now like a like a uh i don't know it almost looks like a syringe let's say Uh But it filters the water, and then you squeeze the bag, and yeah, you're... Yeah, because the last thing you'd want is to have... You can get very sick. Yeah, yeah. And, and out on a trail that... Oh, yeah, you yeah. can actually you can actually die because you would have a bacteria or mm-hmm. um, bugs, basically, that you would get from the water because it's not necessarily clean. Right. And you don't know whether it is or not, so you just assume that it's all not clean. Right. Um, so typically, a shelter also has a water source at least nearby now nearby might be source they do have privies (laughs) okay Okay, so the other this is this is a funny (laughs) this is kind of funny but this was the most luxurious uh privy that we've seen meaning it actually had toilet paper in it oh wow (laughs) not even like a little it had like eight rolls that were on the wall had hand sanitizer. We were like, oh my goodness, this is beautiful. <laughs> I wouldn't want to leave. <laughs> it's funny how you, here's something else I've learned, you know, you learn how little you really need to survive. And then how little more you need to like enjoy. Uh-huh. Beyond that, of course, yes, I could enjoy with a lot or I can enjoy with a little but you really don't need a whole lot extra right. to have that joy, you know? What about things like, um, you know, like I was just on Cumberland Island. Yes. And so they gave us a list because there's nothing there. Oh, right. And so okay. they give you a list of make sure you have sunscreen, make sure you mm-hmm. have uh, insect repellent, make sure you have. And so they had this list of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it wasn't heavy, heavy, but we right. took the ferry out. It's a 45-minute ride on the ferry out to the island and there's about 150 wild horses there but it's beautiful it's very mm. serene and you know it's part of the national park system so what about that i mean did you carry sunscreen with you did you carry a hat did you okay carry- sure so we um we carry our backpacks mm-hmm. and we carry everything we need for the next three to four days depending on how long mm-hmm. we're out there 
or we're planning to be out there, which changes sometimes, of course. Sometimes you might get off earlier, sometimes you might get off later, but Mm -hmm. generally we plan for four days out there. And I work very hard to keep my pack before water because water is heavy, Uh as you were saying. Yeah, it is. Um, I try to keep my pack under 20 pounds, which is hard to do, but I do that right now. So that includes for me a hammock to sleep in. I have a very little blow-up mattress that helps to... um, Cushion. Cushion, but also reflect your heat back to you. Oh, okay. Hammocks are colder because the air rushes under your body. Yeah. And then I also have a a lightweight but warm sleeping bag. Then I carry as little clothing as possible so we don't smell great by the end of it. Or I'll just speak for myself. I don't smell great by the end of it. (laughs) And you get for a shower. (laughs) I I re-wear, you know, things. Um... And beyond that, we really don't carry much else. A uh, headlamp for nighttime or if it gets too dark, well, you know. Well, food. You have, to... you have to have your food for the next few days. So how do you, do you carry things that you reconstitute with water? Yes. So everything okay. I carry is dried pretty okay. much. Um, and even my daytime stuff, this is an interesting thing for me. And I'm finding this with a lot of other hikers that I talk to also You find that you don't want a whole, at least I find, I don't want a whole lot to eat during the day, but just enough to like sustain you. So I used to carry things like nuts and raisins and Mm -hmm. things like that, but those are actually pretty heavy. Yeah, they are. So now for daytime, um, I pretty much have, have you seen those like Parmesan crisps or whatever they are? Oh yeah, I have. They're super lightweight, but they're basically cheese. Mm -hmm. So it's protein. And it's salty because you're sweating. Yeah. So I find that I want things that are salty, but that's a super lightweight thing. What about, um, I mean, if you took them out of their package, but these fruit roll-ups and things like we that. We carry those kind of things, too, yeah. like a like a, like a a fruit, dried fruit. Right. I like the roll-up better than like a full raisin. Yes. Or, yeah. And then the other cool thing... So um, Amanda had this idea this year, and it worked out fantastic. We'll do it again. She uh, dried hummus, like just got a, you know, a pre-made hummus. Right. Dehydrated it. That's what I'm trying to say. In her dehydrator. In a dehydrator. Yes. Okay. Okay. And we took it in its dried form, and then we just added water to it. Mm -hmm. And we had little um, crackers. Mm -hmm. It was delicious. No kidding. And super light. That's very clever. And then we do basically like a rice noodle or whatever at night with some, um, it depends. Nighttime is different, but everything is dried. And we're not, okay, so we don't like to buy the, just like the camping food. Uh So she kind of creates different meals for us, but it's all dried. Uh Oatmeal in the morning, um, for the morning. Which is protein. And it really stays and lasts Uh with you. Uh So yeah, it's. You carry your food, and that's probably one of the bigger weights in your pack, other than, like, the hammock weighs, you know, a couple pounds, but you still try to keep everything super light. Mm-hmm. Um, you're 20, still carrying, it's still a lot, and then yeah. when you add your water, because we have a bladder, um, there's, like, a plastic bladder with a tube, and you put your filtered water into that bladder, and then the tube kind of comes out a slot in your backpack so that you can have that while you're walking. Mm-hmm. But 
a full bladder of that is about five pounds. So it's an, so think about, yeah. let's say 20 pounds and you've still got five pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that not everybody may know is that you also don't leave behind very much weight because everything you pack, everything you take in has to come back out. Well, and you're adding water every day. And so. you're adding water every day. So pretty much the, the weight of my pack is about the same when I finish. We do carry a teeny bit extra food, although we've reduced that over the years. But just in case you're out there. Right. What about first aid? I would think. Oh, yes. We do carry first aid, too. You know, basic first aid things. Um, Like an ace bandage if you were to. Yeah. And things like Benadryl for if you, um, or it may not be Benadryl, but you know what I mean? Like um, in case you have an allergy to something. Right. Which you can. You can. I had this happen on a mountain biking trip, actually, um, where I fell off the bike, which happens, into nettles. I don't know if you know about nettles. Okay. That's painful. So stinging nettles. I basically, my whole left side of my body. (gasps) Was numb. Yes. And then started getting red and inflamed. Yes. And because it was so much of my body, it was creating a really bad reaction. So what's funny with that is I had... Benadryl in my pack but it was so old just because I guess I hadn't needed it that when I opened it up it was just like powder so I licked I had to lick the thing because I was pretty desperate at that time and um, it made my lips all numb (laughs) (laughs) but at least I had what I needed to help the you know reduce the inflammation pretty quickly so yeah you carry you carry some first aid things I carry a Swiss Army you know Swiss Army knife knife, Mm -hmm. one of the things that you know, if you've never thought about taking it, I would highly recommend it uh, just because of the properties. Is um, like it's called melaleuca oil. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, because it is an anti inflammatory, it works on bug bites. Um, I had a chiropractic friend back in Wisconsin who he and his daughter had gone camping, and it was one of her first times, and she got bitten by a spider and her mm. whole hand swelled up. Yeah. So she had an allergic reaction. He did have melaleuca oil with him and put it on there, and he said within five minutes you couldn't even see where the spider bit. Yeah, yeah. So, and they're tiny. The bottles are very small. Right. So hardly any weight on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, you know, there's just so many things that would cross my mind as, okay, a Band-Aid or two. Right. Um, you know, a triple antibiotic uh, yeah, of some sort. Yeah, you definitely carry things like that. And they're, you, you find them in these smaller containers there. Sure. So you think about, you know, you're not carrying a whole tube. But you're tube. not worried about shampoo and conditioner. Correct. <laughs> you leave those kind of things behind. We're not worried about soap. I braid my hair and it, that's it for the next few days. And <laughs> There was a movie that Robert Redford was in, and I can't remember the other... But it was about walking yes, on the Appalachian yes. Trail. I did watch that at one point. It's pretty cute, actually. It it's, it's a funny. cute movie. Uh-huh. I think it came from a book originally, but and a you know based on like a walk a, in the a woods. Tree, a walk in the woods. That's there we go. Okay. And it, I think it shows some pretty you know some pretty good pictures of what happens when, especially when you go out there in the beginning without knowing, mm-hmm. and you learn every time. So. You know, well, each year we learn something different, like, oh, okay, we need that, we don't need that, or... I think you challenge yourself, and yeah. that's what I keep hearing, is that, you know, if you're going to do something like this, it's a personal challenge that, you know, I mastered that. Yes. And then you look forward to the next thing you're going to master. Yeah, and I think this year was funny, because I felt like we mastered 
having some more ease in our lives too, which was kind of an interesting, mm-hmm. how do you go to the Appalachian Trail and have ease? That doesn't always happen. Well, and you learned that you are going to have a warm pair of socks with you next year. Right. So we were colder <laughs> this year. That was something that was different. And we chose to go earlier. Um, Lucy and I were talking about this that, you know, it just is what it is. It's hotter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we usually go in late July. So around now is when we're usually up right. in, on our hike. Plus you could have had some, you know, really tough rain. Yes. I mean, this year without... This year, this year we could have had some really tough situations. Right, that went up through Pennsylvania, I think. And I had that happen years ago, my very first time out. I had to get off the trail because a hurricane, I can't even remember which one, but it pushed up into the mountains mm-hmm. of Georgia, mm-hmm. and we were out there. Well, I, I'm sure they must have occasional flash flooding where, you know, you get a downpour. Oh, sure. And then it washes things out. So I yes. wouldn't want to be on the mountain for that. Yeah, you really have to, you know, you have to know that there's elements there that mm-hmm. you you can't predict. How do you charge your phone when you're, I mean, like you kept it on airplane mode, but how do you Most of the time I don't. Um, now, sometimes we've stayed in hostels or things like that, and, and actually this particular time we did end up the next day doing a hostel, um, which, I, you know, that was another like provision thing because we did plan to get off at this hostel. Uh, which basically is a bunk room typically or something. And sometimes you even camp outside. Just depends. Uh, this one was run by a little church. It was about a mile off the trail. But one of the reasons was we were going to go to this like little restaurant that was right off the trail. Uh-huh. We'll come to find out the restaurant's closed. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay, and then we're like, well, we're already this far off. Let's just keep going. We're going to go to the hostel because we really didn't have another plan of where to sleep that night if mm-hmm. we didn't keep going to the hostel. So we did. So did you have enough food since you'd planned to eat? Well, we didn't really. So this is an interesting, I mean, we could have eaten an extra oatmeal, but neither of us wanted that for dinner because we just had it for breakfast. But we would have eaten it if we had to, right? Um, we get there. It's this. It's a church, but they had like actual rooms that you could rent as a donation for the you know it was like a donation to the church but they had a room that that she and I could use that was like a bed (laughs) like a real bed a real bed then we ended up getting a shower oh my goodness we were able to do our laundry which normally wouldn't be a big deal but it poured all day the day before so a lot of our stuff ended up very wet yeah and then when you're walking in that or whatever it can be a problem for your feet and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we Got to do laundry. We ended up with a shower, which never happens. Um, We ended up with an actual bed. Now, we still didn't have dinner, and neither of us had service on our phones. It was just, it's a little town off the Appalachian Trail. So the minister who was coming in at night, so he's like there on certain nights of the week and Mm -hmm. kind of runs the place. He came in and chatted with us, and there's a huge kitchen, as many churches have, you know. And we said we were trying to find a place for food. He goes, oh, don't worry about that. You can use anything you want here. And we're like, really? <laughs> and I mean, we're talking a, a, ty- a huge pantry of food, five refrigerators. Oh, my gosh. Some things were already made. Like they had a salad that was left from their weekly meal that they do for the community, blah, blah, blah. And 
he chatted with us. He told us stories of other, you know, other people because he sees people from the Appalachian Trail all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, we, you know, talked to him about the last year and how that had been for them as a community and a church. And it ended up being like this really neat experience. Oh, I guess. And then we made dinner <laughs> in a kitchen with all these things to choose from. And then the next morning we get up and he's got breakfast started for us. Oh my gosh. So it was a really, and then we launched out and we had, um, I think that was our, our last, ended up being our last day of hiking. And we just had another beautiful day of, of flowers. And that day was no rain, which was really nice because we Did had you get so your much rain. Charged there. We got our phones charged there. Oh, so you could take pictures. <laughs> I did take more pictures that last day because I knew we were going to be getting off. Right, right. Um, but normally I don't take a lot of pictures because of that. And most chargers, if you've ever gotten like a dis, not a disposable, but like a separate charger to carry, are really heavy. Oh. So I usually don't worry about it too much. We keep the phones turned off that way if we do have that emergency, like an emergency situation, we would still have it. But the other thing is, is you don't have service most of the time. No, I wouldn't think so. It just depends on the location. Uh, When we did Maryland, we had service, but not recently. Yeah, I I was thinking, you know, that rare time when you might end up with um, a really badly sprained ankle or, you know, something that was a health concern Mm -hmm. how do you have them locate you because that has been one of the things that I've noticed where they found children or hikers or somebody that had a rollover in a car sure and it was the phone you know it sent out a signal and so it told them approximately where they were Mm -hmm. so how do you do that I don't know actually whether and be just because I'm not sure that I know the technology behind it I think, at least with iPhones, which is what I have, that they can find it if it's got a charge. Uh uh Um, And I think it has to be on. You know, I have an iPhone, and I'm wondering if there isn't... I'll have to look and see. You know, like an SOS kind Mm -hmm. of a thing, like in the settings. Right. Like if if you were by yourself or with another person, can you hit that setting so it all of a sudden starts sending out a signal? Right. I don't know. Good thing to check. Those are things to know. Yeah. I mean, we would never, with it being the two of us, it's something that we've always talked about because, you know, sometimes people do, there was a few years ago I had seen a story that that was national because a woman had needed to, you know, go to the restroom, but there's no restroom, so stepped off the trail basically and her partner had kept going. Oh, wow. And then she never... They never found her. They Well, I shouldn't say that. They did end up finding her dead. But she had wandered for days and days and days and set up her stuff and made a tent, and she was never found. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, one of the things that, that we always talk about is, you know, I'm not, I'm not leaving unless for some reason there's no way I can get you or you can't get me, in which case we would know where they were right. generally on the trail right. and have to come back. Right. But one of you'd have to hike. One out. of us would have to hike out, but mm-hmm. to the best of our ability, we wouldn't leave each other. Right. Even if it's just you're stepping off the trail for a second, because well, it's like, just too risky. It is, mm-hmm. and and just like the mouse kind of showed you, yes, you were not to go any further. Turn around. Yeah. Um, so that was really interesting. Messages from your guides. What were 
like the big messages this year then? You know, I think one of the biggest ones for me is that you can find that joy and that ease within any circumstance. Uh You have to be open to it. Uh And I also found that you have to be willing to have support from others. You know, like it's okay to go to the hostel and let someone support you for the night. Right. It's okay to lean on your partner Um, It's okay to stop early and just enjoy the company of a bunch of people that you've never met before and tell stories of the trail. Right. Um, I think that was one of the messages for me is maybe maybe not pushing so hard. Mm -hmm. And that can be a message in life. Absolutely. It's just um, trust that the universe is going to bring what you need. Yes. And, you know, that trust in capital letters. I know that is a message that I have been receiving, I would say, just the last couple of weeks. Mm. Is, you know, it's like a flashing neon sign that just says trust. And I don't know that it's trust in any one particular thing. Um, it's just, you know, trust that you're being guided in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, keep following, keep, keep yeah. trusting. And that you don't always know how that's going to look. No. And is it really important? Right. I mean, I'm, uh, you're probably not as much of one as I have been most of my life, but I've, I'm not going to say I'm a control freak, although somebody <laughs> would probably say, no, you are. Um, but um, I always had a plan. You know, I mm-hmm. always like wanted to know what is the next step so that I could plan accordingly. And so I'm not much of a person that is, um, I like to be spontaneous in a limited amount. Got it. But not just get in the car and let's see where the road goes and don't worry about packing anything because I'd be like the, well, we need the first aid kit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd want to make sure my charger was along. <laughs> so it's so interesting because I think there does come a point in everyone's life where you can just step back and go, you know what? It's okay. It's okay not to always know. Yeah. And to believe that whatever the destination is, it's the right one for you. Yes. And, you know, we have a plan when we do these things. Uh-huh. It never goes exactly the way we plan, uh-huh. ever. Uh-huh. We have never been without something that we truly needed, uh-huh. which I find very interesting that in a pack that weighs let's say 25 pounds max, you have everything you need for four days. Which is crazy. Which is crazy (laughs) to think about. And if for some reason I haven't had it, like something as simple as one year I ended up with horrible blisters on my feet because of my shoes. And I meet this guy because I have my feet in the creek that I found. And he's like, oh my goodness, I have stuff for your feet. He's like, hang on. And he goes back to his campsite and brings back supplies and he tells me, you know, how to take care of my feet. This was like my first first or second year out there. Uh-huh. And he had what I needed. So I think, and was willing to share it, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's some of the things that, that I've seen more and more. And maybe one of the reasons why I love doing this so much is it reminds me and give it anchors me into really trusting that universal provision and like you said, that I really am always in the right place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Obviously. I mean, whether it's a at mouse, the right time, a mouse, yeah. a spider, or somebody that has the right thing for your feet. Exactly. Interesting yeah. how this works. 
I remember a show that Doug Warner and mm-hmm. I did. Um, oh, this is probably maybe one of the first shows I ever did with him. So several years ago now. And he walked the 500 miles in Spain. Yes. And um, he had a similar issue with his feet. He had all of the stuff that he had brought with him, thinking that this was going to be a journey where he'd be able to read and, you know, plan yeah. the future. And none of that happened. Yeah. And they kept getting rid of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the further they walked, they would leave things like other people had left yes. along the way. But um, at one point, his son went into a village and found an individual who made these special shoes that would allow the hiker to make the rest of the trip mm. and not, you know, destroy their feet. Right. And uh, so that was, you know, something that he learned along the way is that sometimes exactly what you need is there. You know, it's just being yeah. aware. And, you know, it's funny that we mentioned the feet again, too. Um, over the years, and I'm a dancer. You all have heard that. Uh <laughs> I, I don't know that anyone would really know this except other dancers, but most dancers have like um, a large ball of their foot because we are on releve, which is basically you're on the ball of your foot every day, much of the day. Therefore, I, it's very hard for me to find hiking shoes that accommodate. Sure. Because I don't have a wide foot. I just have a wide ball of my foot. So I need like a, basically a special shoe. Well... I've tried a, a bunch of different kinds, and the last two years, I finally have found shoes that work for me. They are ridiculous. They look like a water shoe. <laughs> they cost like 30 bucks. I order them like off Amazon, and I blow through them because I'll wear the bottom out. I don't wear socks with them. And for the last two years, even on the super hard hike last year over all the rocks and everything, both years I have had zero blisters, finally. Wow. wow. And what's That's interesting so cool. is is I, I listened to my intuition last year about that. I was like, you know what? These shoes are working for me. I'm going to hike in them. I'm just doing it. And people tried to dissuade me. Then when I've been out there, they people still try to convince me to try a different shoe. And I think that that's sort of symbolic to me of me trusting what's right for me. Yes. Even though other people have ideas of what's right, right. for them. Right. You know? You know, um, it, and, and I'm going to use this on a health level yeah. for a second. Yeah. Because how true is that with, you know, everybody pushing the vaccines? Yeah. Um, and for some individuals, it isn't right. Right. And maybe all they really need to do is be aware of what kind of food they're eating. Are they using nutritionals right. to keep their immune system high and their inflammation level low? But, you know, all of the pundits, all of the movie stars, I mean, now I guess Biden has a young girl that is one of the, you know, most popular with the young set okay. that is now going to be talking about everybody that's young, please go get vaccinated. Oh, okay. And you know, still, we just don't know what these vaccines may or may not do. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's frightening to me when anybody pushes somebody else to do it their mm. way because, um, you know, whether it's food or whether it's, you know, a diploma in a certain kind of field sure. or something, it may not be right for you. And yeah. again, going into your heart, trusting that intuition to tell you this is your path. And knowing that you have guides yeah, that are going that. to give you those 
validations right. or lead you in the right direction. Right. And that everybody's allowed to have their own right way for themselves, you exactly, know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's not going to be any two people that have exactly the, the same direction. Yes. Our bodies are not the same. Our vibrational frequencies are not the same. Our understanding of life is not yeah, the same. Yeah, our experiences. Experience is nothing. I know. It's and kind of just amazing. Just trusting. I'm going back to that. Trust. It goes back to the to word, trust. right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm seeing it now just in these big, bold letters, you know, just mm-hmm. trust. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, it's something that's been coming to me a lot this year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like things got stripped away in a, in a way last year. Um mm-hmm which allows us an opportunity if we take it to see what's necessary, what's important, what's sacred. We talked about that back in December to us, each of us, and really checking in, like you said, check in with your heart, listen, and know that you have those guides there. You know, the hardest thing, and I've said this on a number of shows lately, but the hardest thing is 95% of our waking moments were in our head. Wow. 95 <laughs> That's a lot. It is a lot. But, you know, if you look at Greg Norman's, um, you know, his research, yeah. um, Bruce Lipton's research, the Heart Math Institute yes. research, you know, they're, they're finding that that is a huge amount of time that mm-hmm. we just spend. And part of it is, you know, we're driving. So, you know, it's pretty, I think your <clears throat> intuition might lead you down a road that would say, you know, try this road. There's yes. something fun down it. But by and large, you're following the speed limit, sure. you're looking at directions, you're making decisions for work, you know, you're in the grocery store. So, I mean, we're constantly evaluating. Yeah. Okay. But only 5% is ever done in our heart. And most of that is done after we go to bed. So you evaluate yes. the day there. You kind of look at it through your heart as you're going to sleep, um, processing. But... The rest of the time, we're just intellectualizing like crazy. And then if we have particular television shows or places we go on our phones or something right. like that, that is just factual. That That is not intuitive. In, in sure, it's just giving information, exactly. basically. Yeah. And then you're processing that, not yeah. with your heart, but with your head, with your belief system. Yeah. So it's, it's so important for people to begin to just at least part of the day Put their hand over their heart yes. like you do yes. and say, what does my heart tell me? My favorite question, and this one uh, was given to me from Mary, who is uh, one of my friends and mentors up in Cleveland. And she she says, put your hand on your heart and ask, what would I love? Mm-hmm. And it's just such a simple question. It's not something I used to ask myself, but I have probably for the last two years. What would I love? What would I love? And it can be anything. You know, what would I love right this minute as I'm standing in front of the refrigerator? Like we were talking about food choices and health. One of them was I realized in the last year that salads are great. But one of the reasons why I was eating so much salad in my life was because of past of my own um, restrictive eating that I had put Mm -hmm. on myself. Sure. And I was like, do I even like salad? <laughs> you know? And I took a break from that. And so I could really come back to yeah. it and say, okay, am I really eating what I would love right now? Mm-hmm. And what did you find that you love more? Well, what's funny is now when I have salad, I very little have lettuce part, which was a big component before. And now I love these 
tomato, well, I call them just tomato salads, but basically tomato and basil and maybe some mozzarella or maybe a good blue cheese or mm-hmm. with a little olive oil and Himalayan sea salt, you know? Right, right. And it was a very different approach for me than what I had done in the past, which I realized was more out of my head, right. saying this is something, quote unquote, healthy. Right, right. So it's just really interesting how that simple question can really change things. Speaking of that for just a second mm-hmm. here is children. Uh, uh, they've done a lot of studies now with kids. And if you intuitively allow a child to graze yes. where, you know, with healthy food choices, right. not, not chips and things like that, but, you know, fruits, vegetables, uh, protein of some sort, um, you know, dairy of some sort, but, you know, allowing them to choose what they want to eat they will balance what their bodies need. Love that. So the fact that, you know, we can ask ourselves, what would you love, mm-hmm. whether it's food or otherwise, allows us to guide, be guided, maybe yes. into the direction that is best for our bodies. Yeah. And and kids intuitively do that. Yes. And it's only when we decide what we're going to put on their plate or balance sure. it out that quite often it's, it's not in yeah. their best interest. Mm. Oh, I love it. So, well, oh my goodness, our, our hour is up <laughs> as normal. Um, so it was awesome having you back with Thank me again. You. I'm glad that your trip was fabulous and that you had new insights, you know, provided this time by spiders. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they all work together. So um, it's very cool. And, and the fact that your shop, you know, has its um, spider um, resident. 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 Blessing there. the space. Blessing the space. Yeah. So maybe she'll have babies and the babies will all bring their friends <laughs> <laughs> and bless the space as well. All right, everyone, please go out there and make this your very best life. Uh, join us again next time on the Synergy Connection show. And I hope that you check out the website, www.synergyconnectionradio.com. All of the shows are archived there. Look up Victoria Hawkins and some of her uh, older shows. They're all fascinating to listen to. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.